Hello and welcome to the Groove Sofa podcast. I'm Alice. And I'm Lucy. And together we want to invite guests to come and share their grief with us. Our aim is to cover a whole range of grief from a whole range of people. We're sorry for your loss, but we are glad that you have found us. Thank you for listening to the Groove Sofa podcast. In this week's episode, we are joined with guest Gary. Gary speaks of the sudden death of his wife, Joy. We talk about how his life path changed drastically, becoming a widow and a single parent. We also talk about finding new love and life after death and all the highs and lows of grief. Hello, uh, my name is Gary Andrews. Um, I'm known online as Gary Scribbler and I do the Doodle a Day Diary. Um, I'm on this podcast because I was invited by the lovely Lucy and Alice, but also uh, mainly because my wife, Joy, died in 2017, um, late 2017, from sepsis, very unexpectedly, leaving me a widower with two young children who were just seven and ten at the time. And, um, you know, being 15 years older than she was, it was the last thing on our mind that I would be in that position. So that, in a nutshell, is why I'm here. Wow. Gosh, and, and actually, like, that must, I think, you know, the, the age difference must play into that strange situation even more so. I mean, sepsis is an yeah. incredibly difficult way for somebody to die because it's, it was it's a sudden very, it's very It was very sudden. It was very unexpected. I mean, I'd, uh, I know some people know this story, but I'd, I'd gone off on Monday to um, Canada on business. Um, phoned her on Tuesday she felt a bit poorly phoned her on Wednesday she felt a bit poorly just like sort of fluey and I was saying I'll put your feet up have some whatever when I phoned on Thursday she couldn't come to the phone and my children said oh our auntie's here she's calling the doctor and then I went out to lunch in in Canada thinking you know gosh I hope everything's all right and then I got a call saying can you get an early flight back it's quite serious by the time I landed on Friday she died Um, and it was just it was that sudden Um, and she'd never been ill you know I mean that was the thing and as I said, you know, she was only 41 um, mm. and, you know, I was in my sort of, you know, mid 50s. And, and so all the conversations we'd always had about this sort of thing were about what she would do when I went. You know? yeah, so to suddenly course. find myself in that position was kind of like, oh. That role reverse that you just didn't see coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. So and that, that, that added to the surreal element of it. The fact that I was wasn't even there. I was flying back, you know, and, and yeah. everything. I sort of I landed to a ho- totally different world. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose it's it's crazy because sometimes with really sudden deaths, it feels like you're just plummeted into this total. I mean, it's a completely different universe, isn't it? Like you yeah. just you didn't yeah. see it coming, but you literally my world completely changed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but the very literal fact that you were in like transitioning across the world um on your way back to this reality that must have been really hard did it did it take a long time for that reality to kind of actually sink in Um, it's it's but you you probably know yourselves you get this weird dual timeline with grief where the everyday reality comes crashing back quite quickly because it has to especially when you've got small children but then you still have that secondary timeline going on when you expect them to walk in the door and and you're thinking you know okay joke's over now when you're coming back you know and and yet but but the I think because I had young children um reality was forced back on me quite quickly Uh, again it's a story I've told before but I think it's quite um relevant is that you know they'd managed to keep it from from them that she died she died at 3 30 in the morning I landed about lunchtime they'd managed to keep it from them all morning mummy's still in hospital um because they knew that I'd want to tell them so 
I had an hour from landing to getting home to come to terms with the fact that I needed to tell them this. I took them out in the garden and I, and I told them that she died. And, you know, the, obviously there was the, the pain and the tears and the, and the, the unbelievable noises that came out of them. Um, but after about 20 minutes, when it all died down, the next thing they said was, what's the tea? And you go, ah, oh, yeah, tea. Yes, of course, you know, um, the world has come crashing around our ears, but you've still got to eat, you've still got to get yeah. dressed, you've still got to wash, you've still got to sleep, you've still got to, um, so we've got a takeaway, obviously, um, <laughs> but, um, but, but it was the what's for tea kind of set me off on the path that, that I then have followed ever since. Um, yeah, that's, inc- that's, that's really incredible to hear, actually. And I think um, when we had, when we had Emma on, um, who lost, who lost her husband and had two young children as well, there's, she spoke about this kind of survival mode she went into, because yeah. she was a mum, but you know, because she was protecting them, she needed to mm-hmm. then take that role as being, she, she now was everything to them, because yeah, that yeah. other and person I mean, couldn't be exactly and that's that's a, quite a, a sort of daunting prospect I mean my, my wife and I you know we had a very equal partnership in terms of bringing up the children but but in a way she'd made a choice to that she wanted to be a full-time mum for their early their early years and sort of put her her career on hold she was an actress and put her career on hold and stayed doing stuff with our company you know doing doing editing and and stuff on video and everything but basically was there for them 24 seven, you know, and, and I got on with cracking on with the work, although I work from home. So I was very present, but it suddenly meant that, that, you know, I now had to do all of that stuff. And the thing is she was this brilliant cook who used to cook all the meals because because she was so much better than me. So it just made sense. you know. <laughs> and, and suddenly I'm like, oh, I've got to feed them, you know, things, just things like that. <laughs> over the course of the, of, of the four years since she's died now, I'm, I have now fallen in love with, with cooking, had a new kitchen put in and have completely fallen in love with it. But that took a little time. But but you, you, you develop these new skills when you're thrown into this situation. You, you, you create a new you. Um, who is similar to the one that was there. But I've often said to a couple of my widow friends that um, if our late partners walked in now, there'd be a lot of us that they don't recognise anymore because of the changes that have been forced upon us by our circumstances. Of course, yeah, I can um, I can totally see why that makes sense. And what sort of changes would you say, like the biggest things that you've, you've noticed in yourself? I mean, as you say, you've become, become a cook, obviously you're... Yeah, you know, num- I mean, I think on, on the superficial level, I mean, it is just the, the suddenly being a lot more practical around the place, you know. Um, <laughs> she always used to say to me things like, can you just put the rubbish out? Can you do, can you just, because I, I just wouldn't see it, you know. I'd sure. be so busy in my yeah. little world. And, <laughs> and it magically seemed to get done, these things. And, you know, <laughs> um and I always used to be I used to be amazed when when she or any friend could have someone around for dinner and be having a conversation and cooking and talking and suddenly there'd be this meal in front of you and you go that's like some sort of magic because I would have to be like yeah. really concentrating and and I find myself I'm that person I love having people around and I have a chat and I and I'm cooking while I talk and 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 it's there and I, so that kind of thing the fact that I just automatically do the things that need doing now it is that survival mode again that kind of you'd have to kick into it um and and if 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 I'd carried on you know that blissful ignorance I was in obviously nothing would ever get done so um just on a purely practical sense I 
I've become a lot more efficient as a person and a lot more sort of broad based as a person. Also, there's a, an empathy factor that goes up and and I cry at films more now. I never used to cry at movies. But <laughs> yes. Now, but I only ever cry at the happy stuff. I, nothing sad ever makes oh, me cry in a film. Interesting. Because so, well, I've lived through the worst thing that can happen to me. Nothing sad in a film is going to make me cry. It's not real. Yeah. I, yeah, you know, okay. I look at that and go, mm, no, don't believe it. Or, or yeah, sad, boohoo, whatever. But if I see two people falling in love in a film or something like that, oh. it absolutely floors me, you know, oh. when, it's, when it's done well. And that's the thing now. Happy stuff makes me cry like a baby, much to the yeah. embarrassment of my children. But, um, uh, yeah, so that sort of thing. Yeah, much more in touch with my emotions, I guess. Um, oh. which that's is actually... Good. That's actually quite sweet, those kind of things. And I yeah. think, like, um, you know, there's been a lot of change, you know, change sort of leads to change within ourselves. And, like, mm-hmm. the sense that there's been, like, a lot of, like, growth, like, through the pain. And I think that's the way it can go sometimes, like, with grief. Like, yeah, obviously, it's not been sunshine and roses. I'm not saying that no. at all. But, no, 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 absolutely. You know, um, but there are two paths, aren't there? I mean, exactly. grief can paths. knock you flat or it can actually make you go right. And my attitude to it was, I mean, I lost my parents. By the time I was 30, I'd lost both, both my parents. I'd never had any brothers. So I was I was used to, to loss in a way. So when when Joy died, it was like, oh, not again. For goodness sake, what's, what's the world, what's the universe doing? I thought, right, I'm not going to be let this grief nonsense win, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I decided to be a positive griever. And and, and it's, it's a mindset. And although I... You know, it tore my heart in two and I miss it and I still miss her every day. I chose to celebrate the fact that we had each other at all for as long as we did. And to look back at that and go, right, now I've been dealt this hand. I'm going to deal with that the way I've had to deal with it. But I'm I'm going to be thankful that she was there for 19 years of my life. And, and um, just that alone, I think, helped push me down a path that was easier to, to travel. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's. It is really hard to find that path sometimes, and sometimes I totally is. understand when people can't. And believe yeah. me, I had my dark days, and mm. you do. And I still, I mean, God, I mean, I think it's about a week ago, week and week and a half ago, I suddenly found myself sitting late at night, just with a complete, completely soaking face, you know, and, and going, where did that come from? Um, yeah, it's funny, yeah. isn't it? It's like yeah. I think I think that sometimes even when you're when when you're the most positive griever there is mm. you know you find those moments and suddenly like that reality still shocks you sometimes yeah like, oh my life is here okay. it's sad that that person isn't there anymore there's been a few sort of you know nice positive things happening with the kids and stuff and I think it's when the big good stuff happens with them is when I miss her the most because you know you I, 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 I miss the fact I feel yeah. sad for the fact that she's not seeing it yeah. that, that I feel bad for her that she missed out on all this stuff you know? actually I can't I can't remember what account it was um so sorry to whoever this is but I saw something on Instagram this week that said I'm sad for me that you're not here anymore mm. and I'm sad for you that you're not here anymore and yeah, it's but- that sense it's that sense that you know your wife is now missing out on yeah on all this stuff that you're experiencing and you're sort of sad for her because you'll be like she'd love it if she knew that our child got you know star in class well, or you know months, learnt this new months, trick or six months after joy died um lily got made head girl at her primary school you know and things like that Aww. and you just think wow that's incredible i mean she was 10 she's now 14 she's a young woman and 
I, we always thought that, you know, they'd be best mates as she got older and she's not got that, you know, which I find really sad. I mean, I do what I can, obviously, but being a sort of hairy old man, it's not <laughs> uh, for me to be a best mate. But we do have a fantastic relationship. We got on really well and we can talk about anything. I mean, that's the other thing, of course, as a man with a teenage daughter or, you know, preteen daughter going into your teens. There's all that stuff to deal with, with like periods and and and, um, and the, the emo, you know, the um boys and the emotions and yeah all that stuff <laughs> and 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 you know um becoming sexually aware and all these kind of things that you, you that, that you know lo- I mean luckily I'm a, I'm a very modern thinking person anyway but but you know I'm in this position where right I've got to tackle this head on and there's no time yeah. for, for, for sort of old-fashioned faffing you just got to dive in there and roll your sleeves up and go you know daddy I've got a tummy ache right okay. yeah um I'll be back in two minutes I'll go to yeah. the shop and get some chocolate and some tampons I'll well, see you in exactly. a minute <laughs> I mean that's the thing I, I remember when she first started you know um before she started but when she started getting little, little sort of phantom periods you know when she was about 11 um I remember putting together a little sort of emergency pack for her school bag to take to school with her just in case you know things like that and just wouldn't things that you wouldn't have even had I I wouldn't have had to enjoy would have done it you know Mm. but I actually find it an incredible honor that I am thrown into that position and that I can have the closeness of the relationship I have with her as a result of this I mean it's one of the weird positives to come out of this whole Mm, thing absolutely is that it's probably made us closer than we would have than we would have been yeah it's funny you know when we we talk about in grief how our identity changes quite dramatically and sometimes Mm -hmm. that's because we've lost something so like when when my dad died I was I was caring for him so I kind of lost my caring role but I also kind of lost my status as his daughter and that kind of I struggled with that a bit you know I struggled with where I sat in my family because he was my person and that was (laughs) what made me fit and then I had to kind of figure that out and it's but it's funny because from his absence I've grown so much in like I've become a bit more of a rounded person because I now think about the things that maybe he would have been able to reassure me with before you know that that part of my identity that I couldn't that I thought didn't exist without him I've actually learned does exist I just had to find it and it's yeah it's you know a, it's a really it's positive thing it is it and, and I think that's the thing we have to hang on to in in grief as well is there are positives within it even if they're quite well buried sometimes or hidden there are positives and I oh my gosh I have friends who are who are you know widowed who are still to find the positives bless their hearts and and it's really tough and the circumstances vary from person to person you know that that path can be very very tangled um, um but there are positives to be found in there if if you let yourself uh, that's the thing I remember um, in the early days the incredible guilt I'd feel in an evening if I had a good day <laughs> you know yes. you know because I think a lot of people relate will relate to that yeah yeah you'd find yourself having a right old laugh with some mates and then suddenly you'd have the worst evening ever because you'd been that happy you suddenly felt what am I doing and you think oh, of course I'm allowed to be happy they wouldn't want me to be to sackcloth and ashes forever they'd want me to be happy um that's the thing your partner would want you to be happy mm. Yeah. Um, it's just hard to remember that sometimes when, when there's this, when there's this hole in the shape of them in your life. 
yeah absolutely I'd love it actually um so one of the, well the reason why how we found you we found Gary Scribbler on on Instagram <laughs> when we started the podcast and we started kind of going down the grief rabbit hole that is the yes. uh, grief community on Instagram yeah and uh your page really stood out because your content is very unique um mm -hmm. and I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about your content for people who maybe sure. don't follow you and don't kind of know your background yeah well started <laughs> um well about a year and a half before joy died I started keeping a daily diary online um I'm an artist anyway I draw but most of my work is I draw with a pen but on the screen it's digital and um I wasn't using pen and paper as much as I used to so I wanted to do a daily drawing of some sort to keep my hand in and decided to do it as a diary because that's the way you're going to do it every day um so I just used to keep a diary just commenting on something that I'd seen or read or done little little funny things that had happened in life little observations just once a day about a 10 minute drawing uh in on brown paper with a black pen with a little bit of white highlighting just as a sort of exercise uh, and when Joy died um I kept going and the, the obviously now there was this whole new subject I was drawing which which was grieving and single parenting and for me I found very quickly that it became uh, a form of self-counseling that by actually drawing what had happened what I felt um, would exorcise any bits of the pain that were there or um little memories I didn't want to forget and like even two weeks later you look back oh yeah that happened two weeks ago I mean now I look back at things from four years yeah. ago and go oh wow yes that day was then <laughs> oh, that happened quickly gosh it was a while before that and and it's 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 a journey and you know these days we have our cameras we take photographs of everything but there isn't but you can't take photographs of your emotions but by drawing them by drawing a feeling um it's a record of a journey and um I made a deal with myself that I would just be completely honest. Everything that's in there happens. It's things that are real, things that have happened. Um, if it was a bad day, I put it down as well because I wanted my friends to know. That's how it started. It was just for me and my friends. And it, it became a thing. It, it got picked up uh, by the press and I got on the one show and stuff like that. And my, my following went nuts on Twitter. And, and, and what happened was I started getting feedback and realised that it was actually helping people who were in a similar position, um, which helped me by knowing I was helping them just by telling the truth about my journey was helping people who couldn't put it into words or or who thought they were feeling a thing and nobody else was or whatever there was this 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 kind of thing so I guess that's what it is and, and these days I, and I still do it. I still do it every day I always will it's more about single parenting I suppose or just parenting these days um but grief does still come and go and and the, the reality of the fact that the mem the, you know the love is still there for the person even though they are not physically with you and and it, it, it comes in and out of the journey now but um but it's all through that perspective of someone who has been widowed i guess so even single parenting is from that perspective but it's i hope gen genuine generally a sort of a, a positive um feed i know a lot of people say they find it quite funny because there's a lot of humor i find a lot of humor in 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 life and our life was always about laughter with joy and, and um <laughs> the appropriately named joy and um so I've tried to keep that laughter going and my kids are very funny. So so I think laughter is an important um, medicine within this whole journey. And even there's even dark laughter in some elements of grief as well, which I also tap into as and when it happens. So, yeah, that that's kind of what my content is, I guess. I don't know if you've got any anything you think I might have missed out about it or. 
No, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for explaining. And like, I also just, um, you know, there's so much power in that, I think. And like the ability to be able to express your emotion express your emotions in in that way is brilliant and I think you know you've clearly found something that works for you really well and it's become a huge part of your life now yeah. um and, I've, and I've do... sorry I've, I've done a couple of workshops for like the, for the yeah. festival and stuff I've actually done a few online workshops talking to people about how to use that's brilliant doodling as self-counseling and different aspects of that and and it seems like I know quite a few people who've sort of taken it up as a result of that which is which is lovely actually yeah that's amazing it's sort of like putting your spin on things and putting that around yeah. to other people and helping other people yeah. and like they do say that you have to get so initially it sort of started as you know maybe more grief orientated and now it's sort of grief slips in and out but they say that you have to get the grief out of your body and whether that's through writing or moving or speaking and you're always yeah. through drawing and and I think that's great absolutely because it's like it's like a like a, a pressure cooker if you don't let let it out it's going to build up and build up and build up till you explode you know and, and that's the thing and talking is obviously a brilliant way to let it out talking to friends talking to counsellors whatever um but but by drawing it out you know by by doing that little drawing that that moment has you've put it on the paper you've said go away you're on the paper now and I say to people you know you can keep it in a book and look back at them or you can do the drawing and then burn it the next morning and it's it, whatever you need to do with it you know mm, absolutely it, it, it's funny because me and me and Alice quite often talk about how this podcast is kind of like our this is where we get our kind of talking out this is where we do our kind of creative with our grief because it's yeah. every conversation that we have we're learning more about how other people process but we're also validating so many of the feelings that we're feeling you know although grief is really um individual and unique it's also incredibly like universal exactly. it's got that strange dilemma isn't it it's both it's both yeah. it's both incredibly personal and incredibly universal and 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 um you don't realize it until you're in it yeah um, absolutely. easy to say you know it's it's um, when you're in the club yeah when you're in the club um one thing that I wanted to ask you about if if Mm. it's okay is that um we've had quite a few people kind of ask us about how to keep um a memory alive when when you're kind of working with kids and whether it's your own kids or whether you're looking after your nieces or nephews Mm. you know how do you keep joy's memory alive with your children yeah okay well I mean there's a lot of pictures in the house um there's that we 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 were we're a family that love a love a photo um so we got lots of pictures on the walls so she's around us physically the whole time anyway there's a little thing on the landing with some of her ashes in a, in a, in a glass paperweight and a little photograph of her that you pass every morning when you come out of your room and go downstairs um we talk about her pretty much every day she just comes up in conversation but we don't do it in that kind of you know looking back at the dark we just include her in the conversation our mum would have loved that you know uh oh can you you remember when mum did that thing when that happened so she's a constant presence in the family still Mm. um uh do you celebrate her birthday or her anniversary yeah we do um birth birthday um and and mother's day and things like that we have a tree in the park um with some of her ashes in in the base when it was planted and a little tiny plaque and we'll go there and what we do quite often on it's Mother's Day and birthday, really, um, we 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 write we I get a, a white gel pen and we write our messages to her on leaves. I've got this nice big plant in the garden that's got quite waxy leaves, so it takes 
white ink very well. So instead of writing cards and leaving them, which is not a very sort of environmentally friendly thing to do, we write on leaves and we take them and we put them around the base of the tree. Um, so lovely. And then they'll blow away or melt or whatever. And um, <laughs> but 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 yeah, it's all part of that. I'm a great believer in the, in the great sort of wheel of life and the cycle of nature and all that sort of thing. And, and yeah, I was just um, going to say cycle of life, that sort of, absolutely. You know, um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, uh, that's my whole spirituality is based around that kind of thing. Um, so her, her ashes being in, in, in the root base of the tree and feeding the tree and the, um, and then the messages going into the ground are just blowing away is all part of that same thing. So when she died, I, they were asking the question, where do you go? And I, and, you know, I said, well, everyone believes different things depending on what religions you have or whatever. I said, personally, I believe that she's everywhere because we come from stardust. We go back to stardust energy has to go somewhere. And so mm. when you die, your energy goes back out to the universe. So basically she's anywhere you want her to be. She's that yeah. breeze. She's the breeze. She's a sunbeam. She's a bird. She's a butterfly. She's the grass. Whatever you want, that's mum. You know. So. <laughs> oh my god, that's made me well up. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally so beautiful. Oh my gosh. Um. Wow, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask you a question, but that's completely thrown me off. What was I going to say? Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, no 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 don't apologize at all it's literally like one of the most poetic things anyone's ever said on the podcast <laughs> this is what um, happens when you get an artist onto a podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I was going to ask um before your wife died would you would you always have considered yourself to be sort of like in tune like spiritually would you like did you have that sort of mindset and mentality before or was it sort of after your wife died that you started like being a bit more no we 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 sort of went we shared that path together as as people um we call us we call ourselves secular pagans (laughs) um so we we sort of follow a, a lifestyle that was based around the wheel of the year and nature and 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 the repeating seasons and and, and a love of what's around us and um we were both into that sort of thing quite a lot but what it did do when she died it made me realize just how much it meant to me sure as as a sort of so it as solidified a, as, a, as, a, as a sort of spirituality yeah. yeah it kind of solidified in me that yeah actually this is exactly what I feel before that you go you know we, we liked that sort of thing it was cool we, we we used to you know go and light little candles on the on the eight festivals of the year and all that sort of thing watch the sunrise on the solstice that kind of thing and and you know it's a lovely thing to do because you're giving a nod to nature but after she died and I and I suddenly realized that that was what I felt it just made the whole thing fall into place in a much more solid way for me, I think. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I just, it's really nice that you've kind of got that connection. And it's nice that you've got, I, I, I'm really intrigued and it's really nice to listen to you talk about it because I think so often we try and pin everything to a religion or to a belief of some kind. And actually you know believing in the circle of life and believing in nature and and, and that's yeah. that's quite a nice way well, to feel like I always yeah. say that I feel the most connected to my dad when I'm outdoors you know yeah. whenever I'm having a bad day I go for a walk I mean that's I've, where you know, I feel close to him as far as I'm concerned everybody's entitled to their own beliefs and their own opinions you know and and the only thing that I object to is having their opinions forced onto me so everyone can believe what they want and I think that's great for me you know nature has been here longer than any religion has you know religions come religions go nature has been here since day one and for me it just makes sense that I live my life honoring that 
honouring the one thing that's been here long before we will were and will be here long after we've gone. Yeah, no, that's nice. And it's nice because you can continue that belief with joy, like even though she's not here to kind of physically believe it with you, you kind of know that yeah. you had that together and that that connection continues. Exactly. Uh, I was wondering um, if you're comfortable to talk about it. Recently, you've posted about finding new love. And it's something that um, I know is, is, can be really difficult for, yeah. for widowed, um, widowed people. And I thought it would be nice if you're comfortable to, to talk about it um, for anybody who's kind of been widowed themselves or, you know, maybe have parents who have uh, passed on and their parents have found new love, you know, just yeah. kind of getting a little bit of an idea around. It's, it's, it was actually quite fascinating. I mean, uh, you know, I, I always sort of lived in hope that maybe one day, you know, I would meet somebody again or whatever. And you don't know what that's going to feel like. You really don't know. And um, it, it, it was, it was what it was, it was just over three, three and a bit years it was before. I'd had a couple of friends with whom I'd shared moments sort of thing which were lovely but we, but we'd always sort of realized that mm, this is this we're just friends and then this one particular person um when we connected it was like on a whole different level again and it was like oh this is a strangely familiar feeling mm. and and it was wonderful and also slightly at first you go oh I was not expecting that, but but Joy and I had always talked about this sort of thing. Again, <laughs> assuming it would be me that had gone, um, and always said, you know, you have, you know, I'll be gone. <laughs> you know, don't be Queen Victoria. You know, don't don't wear black for forty years, and you know, I mean, <laughs> you, you have to, you have a life. And the other thing that I that, that sort of made me, the, the thing I sort of uh, equate it to is um, when Lily was born, when Lily was born, there was this unbelievable love for this child. We had the child and it was like, oh my goodness, all this love, it's an incredible feeling. And then she fell pregnant again and you go, oh, hang on a minute, what happens now? They've got to split it. When the second one comes along, does that get 50% of the love? And how does this work? I'm so confused. I don't know how you can love another one when you've got this one. How can I love that one more? You know? <laughs> and then the second one comes along and suddenly this whole new wellspring of love comes and you don't love the first one any less and you suddenly love the second one as much as the first one. You yes. go, oh, okay. And it's the, it's the same. I don't love Joy any less. She's dead. She's not here, but I don't love her any less. But I love Lisa, which is her name, as like I love Joy. And I realised that you can, the two don't, don't clash. They actually complement each other. Um, that's, um, yeah, that's really interesting for you to say. And it's, that exact, oh, it's the exact same analogy that my dad used after my mum died and my dad remarried. Um, mm. And he, he explained it in the exact same way. He was like, his heart just made space for all this new love. Yeah. Um, but it didn't take away the love from before. And yeah, I think it's like, yeah, it's just really beautifully it's, well it, put. It's a very interesting, um, you know, if you step back from it and look at it, which obviously I sort of have this yeah. <laughs> ability to do with what I do with my doodling and stuff like that. <laughs> it's quite a fascinating thing to about. I mean, there was a, a, a couple of months ago, I suppose, uh, she was here and she said, let's go and vi visit Joy's tree, you know. So I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And we went and stood by her tree and I was standing by Joy's tree holding hands with Lisa and 
feeling these two sets of love at the same time and going, this is extraordinary um, and, yeah. wonder- and wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful that, that, that your new love is, is um, accepting enough to understand that. Wonderful that you found this new love and wonderful that you had that love before that is still there. You know, the whole thing was just a, quite a, an incredible moment. And, you know, my kids were there and her daughter, who's a little bit younger, was there and her daughter was hugging my Joy's tree. And it was just like, oh, my goodness, this is just the most perfect moment, you know. But it just shows that there, there, there is this capacity we have as humans if we allow ourselves for love. Um, yeah. That, that's that's kind of where it's at i'm so. crying again <laughs> <laughs> this is why we keep our cameras off <laughs> oh, no uh, like again as you say happy tears though you know just hmm. as you described in the beginning um lucy i'll let you carry on with what you're gonna say no i, I just was gonna say you know thank you for being so honest and, and for sharing that with us because i think it's well yeah it's just something that is some it's something that people are very curious about yeah if, if they've if they've been widowed but also from the other perspective if you're caring and loving for somebody who is in a position who's been widowed um I I always think about whether my mum will meet somebody new and not somebody new I don't know how to quite phrase it but you know to meet somebody who I would hate for my mum as a 60 year old lady to live the rest of her life if she's until she's 95 on her own well absolutely the concept of that as as a 60 year old man I could relate to that yeah exactly (laughs) I just you know I really wish I I really want her to meet somebody who's going to bring her that happiness I think so much of my you know when I'm looking at my mum especially um or anybody who's widowed I suppose is that you know i I feel sad for their future that was lost. You know, yeah. there was so much planned. And I, I you, I mean, with Joy being so young and, you know, the rest of your lives ahead of you, as yeah, well as raising the, plans, the kids. All the plans, yeah. It, and, and suddenly that it is boom, overnight, they're gone. And, and then you're, you're on the new path. And once you've kind of accept that I suppose then 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 you then embrace that new journey that's the thing I I the one thing it sort of teaches you is that life is fragile and brief and unpredictable and you shouldn't waste a moment of it Mm. and if opportunities come your way for whatever opportunities you you grab them and you live it to the full because that that's kind of you know I never know what's around the corner for me the next day so I'm gonna live every moment you know absolutely I was wondering if you um, would like to share a favourite memory that you have with Joy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's so difficult. I mean, we have so, so many wonderful memories. I mean, do you know what? I mean, our last weekend we had together that we didn't know was our last weekend was pretty perfect. And it was it was like if you were going to write yourself a last weekend, it, that was that was probably it which was you know we'd been down to Glastonbury for the weekend we'd we'd made a film a while back and we were selling DVDs at a fairy festival and the kids were there for the first time and I was on the stall with some friends nearby on another stall and she was taking the kids around Glastonbury and go up the tour and visit the chalice well and then we'd go out in the evening and have a curry and a pub listening to folk music and it was just <laughs> the perfect weekend for us uh, then she took me to Heathrow and I flew off and and she didn't see another weekend so I look back at that weekend and it was kind of like well I can't think of a better final weekend to have together so that was that's pretty cool 
Um, I mean, apart from that, other memories, I mean, they're the obvious ones, I guess. I remember the moment I turned around when she walked down the aisle and, and I saw her when we got married. I mean, that was pretty special. <laughs> and and also watching her give birth to the children was one of the most extraordinary things ever. This warrior that <laughs> just doing something like wow. that and just go. Those are the sort of memories that I think I I really hold on to. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, actually that your the you know listening to you talk about that last weekend together it's mm. it's funny how sometimes the universe will put things mm. together like that when time is limited and we, you have we, no um, idea we used to do a thing wherever we went out and visited places we'd always do a funny photo where she stood on one leg and lifted the other one in the air and pulled a silly face and the kids started doing it with her and all that and the very last photo I ever took of her was in Cheddar Gorge doing exactly that and so li- little things like that um I look back on we did a lot of theatre together I have lots of lovely memories of us acting and stuff together in shows but but yeah I think the um that that weekend is probably the thing that I do think I have back on quite a lot mm, yeah that's really nice that's really special I think to uh to finish up if you're happy to I think it would be really nice um if you've got any advice for anybody listening to this who's maybe recently widowed um man or woman you know who's who's kind of trying to find that positivity who's trying to find that path of oh how do I get up and face another day you know like what's your best piece of advice for them oh gosh well it's like we said everybody's journey is different um I mean talk talk to your friends talk to people um people friends will say to you if there's anything if anything I can do let me know and you go yeah thank you very much and then we feel embarrassed to ask them um, or we think, oh, I don't want to I don't want to sort of impose if they've asked. They meant it. And if they didn't mean it, they won't ask a second time. So if ask people if for help, if you need to, whether it be friends or professionals, I think that's important. Don't don't hold back. You are in a you are in a position where you need people. So so do that. Um, try and find those positive memories yes you will be overwhelmed by what's just happened and the fact that the life has been incredibly cruel to you but before that happened there must have been some really good stuff and rather than looking at that being taken away from you try and look at it and go wasn't that great to have had what a lucky thing I've got that memory to hold on to yeah I think and and <laughs> and I will say this you know, if you draw, I mean, find a way to express for yourself. It can be drawing, it can be baking, it can be running, it can be, it can be whatever it wants you, you want to do. There must be a way to help you express your feelings, even if it's just for you. I mean, my my doodle journey has been very public because it's what I do, it's my job, and and it just sort of weirdly happened. But you could quite easily keep your own little diary for yourself that nobody ever sees full of stick men that you know are you even if nobody <laughs> else does and literally a stick man with 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 a nose or something you know what I mean it's just so you know or with a stick man with your name written on it I mean whatever and That's then more whatever. like my type of drawing I think my <laughs> my level of uh, I did say to somebody as well in one of the workshops they said they just can't draw and I said but have you got to get yourself a set of watercolors and mm. keep a color chart diary before you go to bed think what color was my day today you know oh, it was a red day today and you just put a splash of red down from your watercolor go 
today with today was a was was a sort of you know because i felt quite angry it's right with a touch of darkness drop a little bit of black into it let it spread or you might say actually you know what today was quite dark a bit dark blue but there was a hint of light get a bit yellow drop it in the corner let that be then you might have a sunny day a happy day put your bright color and just keep a color chart diary and and, and see how those colors keep changing and that even something as simple as that would would be good for keeping tabs on where you are and where you've been i really like that that's a great suggestion especially and for it, people who aren't as arty like me exactly <laughs> and it's not about the actual Art. This is the thing, even with my drawings, it's not about the drawing itself. It's about the thought process that goes into making the drawing because it's making you think about your day. It's making you process and unpack the day, which means you don't go to bed worrying and thinking about it and lying in bed sleepless because you've thought about it, done your marks. Now it's done. Now you can sleep. Now you face the next day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Grief Sofa podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review to help us reach new listeners. If you have enjoyed listening and would like to join us on The Grief Sofa, please get in touch on Instagram at The Grief Sofa or email us thegriefsofa at gmail.com.